0: So if you don't know, the National Police Association has been, uh, we have sponsored several Turning Point USA events, and I've had the great pleasure of attending these events and just talking to so many uh, motivated young people. And so at the uh, last Turning Point event I was at, next to my booth was the director of Blexit for California and we got to talking and so I was so grateful that I got to meet her and so I thought you should meet her too. So <laughs> Nicolette Monchelle, welcome to the program. Thank you, Betsy. It
1: has been amazing. <laughs> I'm excited.
0: So we had so much fun um, at uh, Turning mm-hmm. Point. This was the Young Women's Leadership Summit and we just got yeah. to meet just there were thousands literally of thousands <laughs> of young women there. And uh, one of the things that I loved about it as the representative for the National Police Association was so many young women who came up and said, you know, I want to be a police officer. My dad's a cop, my mom's a cop, my parents are cops, my grandpa's a cop. It was was just absolutely fantastic. Mm. And what a fantastic experience. And then I got to watch all the the young people that you interacted with. And one of the things you were giving away at the booth was a back the blue sticker and I know that was really popular with, yes. with a lot of the kids and then I had some too but so we're going to talk about that but first I want to know what Blexit is and I want to know how you got involved.
1: Okay well Blexit is a non-partisan non-profit 501c3 organization Basically, what that means is that we are all about the community. We are not beholden to any political parties or affiliations. We don't um, endorse or or go after any type of political candidate. Um, we, lean, we do lean more conservative, more right. We're all about um, what we call our pillars that we stand by is uh, parents' choice, school choice, which uh, everybody says is racist, but it's not. So school choice is one. <laughs> Prison reform is very, very important to us because it affects our children just as much as it affects those that end up in prison. Um, We also teach uh, financial literacy courses and history programs because we don't want anyone, let alone our children, who are our future, to believe that they are a product of their environment. And then our last pillar is basically doing live events where we are in the community boots on the ground, face-to-face, having real conversations in real time with people, sponsoring events, pouring into the community with, uh, with funding, with, um, with different types of, with di- whatever support that community needs, Um, we try our best to partner and offer as much as we possibly can all the time. We typically do about um, somewhere between two to four events per month, per chapter um, in the state of California, since California is so big, it's gotten to the points where it looks like I'm doing about six to eight. Some of them are spur of the moment and some of them are planned. <laughs> but as long as we're getting into the community and people get to know that Blexit is not about politics, but we are for the people, no matter whether you are a conservative or a liberal, a Democrat or a Republican, we don't care. We care about the community and we care about the people. And so that's Blexit. Um, and then the way I got involved with Blexit is I started out in politics back in 2020, I was always one of those people that uh, you can't just tell me anything and me just ingest it. I need to research it for myself. It's probably why I was pre-law in college for a while. Um, And then in 2020, I ended up, uh, I'm a hair and makeup artist by career. And one of my clients ended up uh, running for Congress in uh, Ventura County. Halfway through the year, she asked me if I would come on as her personal assistant. So that's how I got started in politics and started realizing like, wow, like, the federal, federal policies and all of that jazz and federal elections really is not what, what deals with our day-to-day. It's really the, uh, the local politics. So I started encouraging people to pay attention to the bills and the rhetoric and teaching people what certain phrasing and terms mean so people understood what they were voting for and what they didn't want to vote for that would immediately directly affect um, their life, which led to me I'm speaking on a lot of protests and rallies leading some protests <laughs> protecting our children which all of that involved a lot of the police during a hard time where everybody was saying defund the police the police actually protected us a lot of the time even when we really didn't want it um at some of the protests and uh which led me to blexit because i heard so much about lexit doing stuff in california i'm like where is blexit blexit needs a stronghold in california especially in like an l.a county And uh, it's funny. So fast forward to January of 2022. First rally I was asked to speak at Of 2022. There's a Blexit table right across from the Lexit table. And I was like, so I walked over like, hey, I want to become a member. And next thing I know from being a member, and then they responded back with, hey, you want to be in leadership? And was the city coordinator for LA, for LA County for a little bit. And then assistant state director three months after that, and then state director three months after that. So here I am now.
0: (laughs) You are, you're such a mover and shaker. And and that's what I, I love, you know, that you, you absolutely stepped up and, Mm -hmm. you know, and you embrace those pillars and then you also embrace the hard work that it takes to, to get, get all this information out there. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, you know, and I talk about this a lot in the media is criminal justice reform and, yes. you know, really for the last three years and really almost for the last nine years, we have been told, we, as the American consumer of news that the American justice system is racist. It's inequitable. The American law enforcement officer is racist and terrible Um, and, and a lot of times the way that that is portrayed or the way that it is put to people is, you know, look at the prison system. There are so many African-Americans in the prison system. So having that, you know, having, looking at the prison system as one of your pillars, what can we do just as American people to make sure that we're not incarcerating so many African-Americans. Who is that on and what do we need to do?
1: Ooh, that that's a deep question. Um, when we talk about who is that on, so the funny thing about prison reform is that there's so much context involved with that. And I think it's easy for people to point the finger towards one thing and racism right now because of everything that's going on in our country is a hot button topic. But it's not solely about racism, it's also about the things that we be- we, com- we become complicit in. The only way you end up in prison is doing illegal stuff. Yes, there are people in prison who are innocent, but the majority of those people in prison are not innocent, if we're being honest. And that's the hard part. We, we as a society have to start being willing to swallow the whole truth and nothing but the truth, nothing more, nothing less, like literally just the truth, so that we actually can begin to start to work on solutions. Because one, it's on you as an individual as to how you got there. You, we, Yes, I also do believe that there are pieces of the system that is broken. And there are pieces of the system that I love that are actually in place that do their job and do their work. There are things like loopholes in any system that exists. There are going to be loopholes. So one of the things I, one of the things I, I, not necessarily preach but I talk about a lot is we're taking personal account and responsibility if you if you're not willing to be accountable you are going to you're going to end up in bad situations because being able to be accountable shows a certain level, level of maturity that will allow you to critically think your way out of certain situations that don't that won't put you in these uh, in these areas and these places in your life that's going to be damaging to your future that's just one to stop freaking voting in politicians who are writing the bills and the policies that put certain individuals in prison by the drones. Literally speaking, because I just said, we got to swallow truth, so I'm just gonna say it because it needs to be said. How is our president who wrote the 97 crime bill, our president right now during a time when people are screaming at the top of their lungs about systemic racism? (laughs) This is the same man that even when he was running against Obama before he became his vice president, literally when asked about him and what he thought about Barack Obama an interview, literally called the man clean and educated. Who said, How is that? <laughs> this is the same man who, when reading word for word, we, everybody had a problem with Joe Rogan, but he... But him, for some reason, being able to rework for road when he was when he was a senator, the N word over and over and over again, just let it roll off his tongue. People literally glossed over that. This is the same man who attacked a black news anchor on on uh, I think it was CNN or NBC solely because he asked him if he if he thought his cognitive ability was sufficient enough and literally came at the man about uh, he literally asked him if he was a crackhead and then answered the question. This man still became our president. This man was, is the only reason why the prison system was even able to become monetized and become a private entity in the first place. The whole purpose of the 97 crime bill was to fill the prisons up so that those people in there could literally be treated as it's, it's modern day, it's a form of modern day slavery on, on US soil right now. Joe Biden did that. This man is our president. And don't even get me started on Kamala since I'm in California. I remember all the way up through 2019, how all of California could not stand this woman. Everybody knew what she did. Everybody could not stomach the fact that she was our AG and how it seemed like she went after nothing but black men. Hated her name, hated the sound of her name. And then the second day (laughs) named her as the vice president. Oh my God, like the celebration. And I was like, how? It's thing. It's instances like this, and I bring up those two. There's so many more I could use, but I bring up those two examples. Not just because they're our president and our vice president, but solely because this is prison reform. These are the people who used our prison system for their own gain, and we, as a community, <laughs> still rally behind them and put them in even more, in even more power, gave them even more power over the entire country if we don't remember what they did these things don't make sense so one this is why if we are unable to take personal accountability we will make stupid decisions like voting in the man who started the three strikes rule in the first place and then also putting the other woman in part make her the vice president who literally did nothing but her whole track record is putting black innocent men in prison in california we make that's what happens. It's one and the same. You have to be able to take personal accountability first because when you don't, you make bad decisions that turns around and puts you in, right in the situation that you do not want to be in. And then thirdly, we have got to be better stewards upon coming up with solutions. We can't, like for instance, I can't just keep saying these are the problems. This is what we need to fix as individuals. Well, there are still things that can be done. Defunding the police was not one of them that that had zero to do with prison reform that had zero to do with making sure that we were keeping innocent people out of jail all that did was set up law abiding citizens and children and people who cannot fend for themselves to make sure that they now even furthermore did were not going to be able to be supported so that doesn't it, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense so it's on us as individuals who can see these atrocities happen and Literally, if it bothers us that much, then we need to sit down and figure out what solutions it is that we need to come up with. If there are people in our community who have their head on straight, who we feel that they are grassroots and they're going to be for the people, what do we need to do to rally behind that person and get that person elected instead of these people who are in positions of power just for the title and not working for the people? So it's, for me, those are the three top things, personal accountability, Stop voting people in that are a detriment to your society. And then thirdly, come up with solutions and stop just being a sounding alarm.
0: You're going out into your community. And one of the things you're doing is <laughs> supporting law enforcement. Now, yes. um, law enforcement, you know, American law, American cops don't have the, we don't have the best history. When you go back to when I was a little kid in the 60s, like our yeah. History was not great with black people. Our history right. in some areas of the civil rights movement not good. Um and right. we have now a lot of changes have been made. Uh in mm-hmm. you know we have a lot of we have a lot of black cops. We have a yes. lot of community policing. Now in yes. the last three years we have seen community policing programs devastated because of the Ooh. defund the police movement. Um, yes. So, first of all, I got to ask you: How is it to go out there as a black woman, especially in California, and say, "Hey, we got to support our cops"? How does that
1: Ooh. work? <laughs> the funny, the funny thing about that is so funny. I, I laugh at that solely because my my mindset as, um, as a woman, is that my I, I I grew up in the south, so I've always been like a Christian. Like I literally always see myself as having my own relationship with God. So. It's, I'm one of those people that you will hear me say, I'm not my skin or I don't see my skin color. Um, but then there are other people, you know, that are always gonna put it on you. So in those situations, which I encounter all the time, you know, they people think they have to remind me because, I, because <laughs> apparently if you're black, you can't like the police for some reason. Like, so it's like, oh, well, if you like the police, well, you must not be black. Like I have to be reminded. People think they need to remind me, and it's like, no, it's not that. It's just that my skin does not get to control the rest of my life. My children, even as a mother, I'm raising my kids to learn respect. My parents, I was raised in Alabama. My parents were raised in Alabama during a time when there was real, when they were dealing with real issues of racism because of the segregation and the integration after segregation. So my parents still raised us with the mindset that you respect police when you see the police you respect them and you thank them for their service because those are the people that are going to show up when you call nine one one. those are the people on the other side of the phone so you give those people respect because they might not make it to the end of the day like they're in the situations like my dad and the older we got they explained to us the dangers that police uh, put themselves in on a daily basis because my dad was army so that was not respect was not something he played about so for him with raising us, respect didn't have a skin color. So for me, it was like, you you respect your elders, period. And then you definitely respect those who are putting their, their lives on the line, sacrificing their li- their lives. They have their own families and they're still sacrificing their lives to protect yours. You show that man and you show that woman respect. I don't care what you think about them. You show them respect, because if I didn't and I got home and somehow got back to my parents, it's going to be a problem. So. For me, I teach my children the same thing. And then in the community, I'm teaching, I, I try to teach. I'll say, I'll try to teach the same thing. Not that like you respect people that are sacrificing your life, but as an adult, you want somebody to respect you, but you don't want to give respect. Like one, that doesn't make sense. Two, if push came to shove, because <laughs> if I'm looking at you, I don't see a weapon on your body. If somebody decided to jump you right now, you'd be hoping somebody called the cops. Like let if we're being real, and this is why I said in the beginning, we have to, we have to be willing to swallow the truth. Like even if you don't like it, even if it's gonna hurt, even if it tastes bad in your mouth, push come to shove, you're gonna hope somebody calls the cops if you are getting jumped in the street and no and none of your friends are around to help you and you're by yourself. The first thing you're gonna want to do is call the cops. I hope a cop is driving by, whether you like them or not because you know that they have weapons on them. <laughs> and if they show up, people are gonna run and then you'll be safe. Even if they don't arrest anybody, just them showing up means that you're now safe because those people are gonna run. So if people would just be willing to be honest about the reality of what's really going on, that yes, there are some people in this country that are racist, not all cops are racist. There are there are cops, there are white, black, Latino, like Asian, like Native American, there are cops of every ethnicity who work in the inner cities, who spend time playing ball with kids in the inner cities all the time. We just don't see a plethora of videos of it because why would the mainstream media like post that? It benefits them to post the division between the police and the communities because the entire goal is lawlessness. Because if there's lawlessness and they get to come in politicians get to come in and offer their solutions and we'll just eat it up like cake and it's like no we already have the solution community policing i think was probably one of the best ideas whoever came up with that i feel like that was one of the best solutions the problem is that people i think people forgot to stay on top of police's mental health as well because they're still people like, Can you imagine putting your life on the line and, and, and being in situations routinely where you're probably at, at gun, being held at gunpoint or you see a gun or you have a blade, somebody's trying to come at you? Can you imagine being or even being in the situation where you have to pull your gun? Like, I don't think people realize how that affects somebody mentally. They, I feel like people look at cops like they're not human. Like they don't have feelings and emotions and like they don't need emotional and mental support on a regular basis. So when people were screaming about defund the police, I was like, no, if you guys want to defund the police, why can't we just reallocate funds and have something set up where these cops are having to sit down with somebody in the medical field and getting uh, mental health at least like once a month. There are so many other things that can be done with those funds because a lot of this stuff could have been weeded out. Racism in cops, that prejudice that either could be helped because sometimes people are just acting out of fear, but then there are other situations where somebody actually can be straight up racist, but that's something that's going to fly under the radar if there's not people asking constant questions all the time, reviewing how they're acting when they're on the calls all the time it's it's so many other solutions that could have been done other than defunding the police in california
0: in this last minute where can people uh find you find out more about blexit um Mm. and get involved
1: yes well you can follow me my my personal business account whatever you want to call it at nicolette von schell on ig or as also blexit c a also on ig that's b as in boy l e x i t as in tom California. I also just started a Mom Army chapter uh, in Long Beach. So you can find that page at (laughs) momarmy.longbeach. All of those are on Instagram. Please keep in contact with us. We're always doing stuff. I'm doing so much. Literally was at three school board meetings last week. So yeah, please, follow, please follow, follow those pages. I will follow back. Please, um, if you would like to have Blexit partner up with anything that you guys have going on, please let me know. I'm always looking for more organizations and more communities to pour into because I am here to help and that's all I care about doing. That's so
0: awesome. I, I tell you what, I cannot thank you for spending time with us today. And if you'd like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org.